so excited by our coaching you videos uh you know the the people that have ordered them have texted and emailed and called me about how excited they are with the content that they've gotten and stuff so i want to remind you we're probably in the last week of this special pricing so this is again i always want to make sure you you understand uh i never want you to miss out on a great deal so for $249, you get all 15 of our incredible speakers, including 10 MBA coaches. It's the best content we ever had in one video set. So make sure you order 2018.coachingyou.tv, $249. Please don't miss out. I wanted to announce a new partnership between Coaching You and Inner Zone Sports. You know, for a long time, one of the intangibles by coaches and athletes is team chemistry. And it's a major factor all the time in whether a team has success or failure. When the folks from Interzone came to me at Coaching You and said, we can even help your team, I was all ears. And what we did is we took a quick assessment, two to four minutes each person, and we were stunned by what we found out about ourselves and our team. You owe it to yourself to find out what Interzone can do for your team. It's the simplest and fastest and most accurate software available to measure team chemistry. I highly recommend, without any reservation, the use of Interzone with your team, whether you are a middle school, high school, college, or professional team, to help take you to the next level. For further information, go to coachingyoulive.com slash Interzone. That's I-N-N-E-R. Z-O-N-E. Hey, welcome. This is the coach, Brendan Sir, with another edition of our Coaching You podcast. Uh, very excited today. This We're starting to really go, uh, we're so excited by our, our videos that we've had with Coaching You that we've really been influenced strongly. Uh, international basketball, we love, we learn from. Uh, and we want to continue our relationship with them. And over 20 different countries have bought videos. So uh, Brian Lynch is a former player at Villanova who is a head coach of a wonderful pro team in the upper division in Belgium. He's a rising star in the coaching profession, listens to our podcasts every week. And like myself and many of our fellow coaches that listen to this, uh, married way over his head, outkicked his coverage uh, with marrying the number one tennis player in the world, Kim Kleister's, a couple, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago. And they just have two incredible kids. So it, it's just a fabulous thing to, uh, you know, to listen to his journey and to talk about FIBA basketball. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Brian, uh, he's a real student in the game. He's got a great feel, was a really good player played European basketball. He's going to give you some insights on what makes international basketball different and in many ways a little better and what we can learn from it. So after this break, we're going to come back and listen to Brian Lynch. Hey, let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. 
Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market today. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and to provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind of basketball shooting industry that enables coaches and players to stay connected, design and upload training exercises that combine shooting, conditioning, and ball handling into one complete workout, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is without question the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. It's been the official shooting machine of Coaching You for the last two years. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. I'm really excited today. Uh, we haven't, Brian, I, I think this is the first time that we've ever had anyone that's actually coaching overseas on as a guest, other than my friend Edere Messina, the great uh, coach at Keska Moscow and stuff, but he's the coach of the Spurs, so uh, so now you're, you're qualified. So Brian Lynch, welcome to Coaching You. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. What what, a, what an act to follow being a part of the, uh, the Coaching You uh, podcast. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one of the things that you know we try to do is we, we you know we you know we're right now you know we're in the process of. Uh, our videos for coaching you in uh, 2018 out in Vegas this summer uh, are on sale. And uh, the thing that jumped out in our first week of sales is we had like 17 countries from around the world so far have bought videos. And you don't realize when you're sitting in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, taping this stuff that people around the world are following you on this. So it's great, and I'm glad as a Jersey guy that when you're over in Belgium coaching, that you get a chance to listen to our weekly uh, podcast. Oh, absolutely, Coach. I tell you, man, we got a long drive as a as a Jersey guy. I'm used to long drives, I guess, being the tri-state area. And, you know, we go off to our, our, our practices, my assistant coach and I, for about an hour and a half, and we got to kill some time, and we throw on a bunch of the uh, – Coach, you podcast all the you know the various great coaches you've had on before. This it's been tremendous. So uh, I actually I'm honored to be here, man. So listen, you you had a terrific uh, high school career at Christian Brothers Academy in Lincroft, New Jersey. But then you go to Villanova, you play for Steve Lapis and stuff. And then as any player, every player that I talk to in college, they all want to go be a pro. So you decide yeah. to go overseas. Let's talk first about. Uh, as an American player going over and playing overseas, what is the mentality and adjustment you have to make as a player going over there? That's that's a good question. I think uh, the biggest adjustment I had to make was kind of being on my own and having nobody look out after me. And, you know, when, when I was at Villanova, you know, we had our meal plans, you know, our, our classes were kind of set up for us, uh, you know, things were taken care of for you. You know, I didn't have to worry about the little things uh, and, then I go overseas and, you know, my locker room, which had my name and a, and a beautiful wooden you know, structure with my picture on it has now turned into a little hook in a city gym, uh, you, you know, and, uh, and then we have uh, our apartment and I have to learn how to cook my own food and, and do everything on my own. That was kind of a big adjustment. And I, I, I remember my first year I had to take a few phone calls to my dad and said, I don't know if I can do this. Sure. And as a good old, you know, strong Jersey father, he said, Hey, 
suck it up, pal. You know, get it done. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, and 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 I think the other thing when I uh, when I would travel to Europe, uh, you know, years ago as you know, scouting players uh, as an NBA coach, and I would go over there, and you know, and I would, and this is from as early as the mid late nineties. You know, and you okay. go over there and you get into a nice hotel and all of a sudden you turn on the TV and there yeah. ain't one channel that I, uh, even when I'm in Germany, I, there's not one channel that I can understand anything except CNN International. And they right, just run right. a loop all day long. Yeah. So you're seeing the same yeah. thing all day long. And, you know, now well, obviously yeah. it's a lot different. But what that even that adjustment, right, when you're alone? Well, absolutely. I mean, because... You, you want to be able to reach out and communicate with people. You want to go out into the city, meet people. And, and if, if nobody speaks English, I mean, you're, you're constantly in a battle of trying to order food, uh, get whatever you need for your apartment. Um, obviously, entertainment of watching TV. And, and, and I started in 2000 in Poland uh, in a small city. Yeah. And, and, and there was no Netflix at that time. And <laughs> I, I was on AOL and some messenger going diddling back and forth to all my buddies, you know, to the late hours of the night. Cause I was six hours ahead. And yep. so it, it's a, it's definitely, definitely a game changer going from a, you know, high level college like Villanova into a, you know, a mid, let's say a, a mid-level European league team in, uh, in Europe. So it was, it was a big a change. Let's talk about Brian uh, as a player, stay on the player end of it. Yep. As a player overseas, an American player, uh, what is it like style of basketball? This is, I think, a shocking revelation for those of us that think we invented the game when you right, go over right. to Europe, especially now. Tell us what the game is like. The FIBA, well, think, the, the FIBA game, let's say. Yeah, well, I think the, the FIBA game is I, going to shock you when I say this, but I think it's a lot more physical. Um, hmm. They allow a lot more uh, hands and, and, and body checking, and, and uh, you got to get used to that kind of physicality. The refs kind of allow that, whereas I think in the NBA game, and they, they take away the hands as much. And, and so you have to deal on the offensive side with that. And they're very strict on your, your rules. Like if you don't put the ball down right away, you're getting called walks. You know, that open or rocker step that people, you know, try to use in college. That ball has to get down and hit that floor first before you, you pick, the, pick the back foot up. Wow. And so, yeah, so the, the, the rules are very strict on those rules. And I think in one way it, it, it hurts the offensive side of the game. But from the teaching standpoint, guys are really fundamentally sound over there. And I think that's something that I learned when I got over there was I was a little bit more of a, you know, an open court street player in compared to the, the really tactical, technically sound guys that I was playing against. And I think that helped my game, actually, when I started to get coached a little bit more differently from a European aspect. So, Brian, now now fast forward, you get into coaching. Uh, yeah. And also, now as we're talking, you're going back tomorrow, uh, and we're, we're sitting in, the, you know, uh, August 9, 10 area as we're recording this. Uh, right. So you're going over there, and when you get over there, you're starting workouts, correct? Uh, that's right. Yeah, we get. I got. You know, I leave tomorrow, and I get home Sunday. I'll be back in the arena probably Tuesday after I get the jet lag out of me, and we start. <laughs> you know, and, and my assistant's already there, uh, coach. I've already started some player development and shooting, um, some strength and conditioning as well. So for the Belgian players that are already there, and then our foreigners come in next week, where we're going to do some administration, some 
some uh, medical tests, make sure all the physicals go well. And then we start with, you know, just simple things. I don't like to go real heavy right away, sure. breaking the legs. I don't know how, you know, how much dedication guys put over the summer. So first week we'll use for a little bit running and, and some uh, player development and then break into, you know, next week until or two weeks from now until our team practices. And when do games start for you guys? Well, we have um, a Champions League play-in, which is, uh, it's, it's, let's say you have Euro League, which is uh, right. the highest, and then you have Euro Cup and Champions League, which are very similar. And we have a qualification match already on September 21st. So in about one month from when we start, we got to start you know, trying to qualify for that. Now, if we don't qualify for that, we get one level below that is called the FIBA Europe. And these are basically European competitions that are outside of the domestic league. So We'll play one game a week, obviously, with our Belgian league on the weekends. But what you really want to do is have that second game in the week during the middle of the week. And that's always helps for rhythm and obviously guys getting more you know, games rather than practicing all week. So we're pretty fortunate to, to have that opportunity to play next year in Europe. And I really hope we can qualify for Champions League. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to try to educate our listeners as we go along this year by introducing them a lot to FIBA basketball because I'm a huge fan of it. I'm a huge fan of EuroLeague and, and, and stuff. But talk to, if you'd be good enough, Brian, talk to us about the EuroLeague the caliber of players there and what a schedule is like for those guys. Oh uh, yeah. They're, you know, that that's to me, I think it's the second best league in the world. I mean, right. Obviously you have the NBA and, you know, and then after that, I think you have Euro league, which is, you know, that's where, you know, the Luka Doncic just came from. And a lot of these big names that are mm-hmm. coming over from Europe have all previously played. Uh, they, they obviously have the Euro League, which is uh, a, a different league than their, their domestic leagues. They play in that one to two times a week, probably one once a week for the most part, and then towards the latter part when you get in the quarterfinals, semifinals, and things like that, which happens in April, May area, it'll start to be a little bit more. Um, then, then they have their domestic leagues, and all those teams are in the top, top leagues of all of Europe. So you got teams from Spain, Italy, Russia, uh, Turkey. Um, some teams from Germany. So you're going you're gonna to get all the best teams from all the best leagues uh, in all of Europe. So and how, it's an how, absolutely competitive. Yeah, how many, how many teams are actually in the Euro League each year? Um, I believe that there's 18, but I got to double check that. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, right. I'm dreaming about getting to the Euro League. So yeah. I have to. <laughs> no, I, that's why yeah. it's incredibly competitive. And then the thing that we love. Uh, that I love is the relegation that if you don't perform, you get knocked out, right? Yeah. So it, it, if it's kind of like, if you don't do well, you're going to get knocked out team that wins the Euro cup uh, will get a automatic bid into the Euro league the following year. That's the league just below the Euro uh, league. And then if a team that like is really good in the Spanish league or the Italian league and surprises everybody and wins a championship, they'll get it also an invitation to the Euro league. So it's always competitive that they can kind of give a chance for guys to get in there. Now, lately, I believe that it's been more of a locked league. They've been doing a better, uh, more of a, a system where like the same teams are getting in every time. Mm. And I believe, but that there's always one team I think that falls out because that Euro League bid, uh, excuse me, the Euro Cup winner always gets a chance to go in. Yeah, and talk about, uh, you know, you know, I I feel the coaching has really really improved. Uh, in Europe now, they would tell you that it's always been phenomenal. But yeah. uh, but I, I I think as the as all this great competition, and we have coaches from 
you know, we have great Italian coaches, great Serbian coaches, Croatian coaches, Spanish coaches. And, you know, we've always had this. We've had the guys from, you know, David Blatt uh, from Maccabi yeah. and different people. So we've always had terrific coaches over there. Uh, talk about the influence they have on the game and the, way, and the style of play in Europe uh, compared to U.S. Yeah, sure. I think uh, one of the things I really like about the European style is, is the, the amount of spacing and player movement that you get. They're really good, I think, at reading the game, especially out of pick and roll. And, and, and in pick and roll situations, I mean, you see some really cool, unique things. I mean, I know Coach Blatt recently was shallow cutting guys like he was going to do a Spanish pick and roll with the back screen on the roll guy. And instead, it was just a misdirection. And, and you can see the defense is getting completely thrown off balance. And I found this to be like such so innovative in a way because he's he's constantly shifting the D around and they can't find out what spots they need to be on the floor in order to cover the pick and roll. So I just absolutely love this. I love these kind of like, you know, creative thinking. And then also they just do a great job with their spacing. They're always so far outside that three point line circling around and getting a chance to to give the role a chance to give the drive a chance with a lot of shooters. And as you know, Coach, I mean, in Europe, th those bigs can really shoot. I mean, they're getting to a point where they're now uh, popping fives, you know, and it's getting so difficult to guard. Sure. And, you know, you get these, you get these shot blockers that are sitting in the lane, uh, and then the counter to that is now their fives are popping, and they're really pulling them away from the basket, and it's getting more and more interesting that way. No, I, I, I think they, uh, they, they kind of taught me a term a few years ago when uh, all that things that you were talking about Blatt doing. Uh, they they call it false or fa false motion, and yeah. you know, and uh, a lot of the Serbian and uh, Croatian coaches were excellent at it. You know, where they would move people around, all, all the movement, all to run just a middle pick and roll, and yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I think it's brilliant what they do, and I think they do some things that really could uh, are advantageous to the NBA. Give me your feelings on, and I've been a big big proponent of that that we should be using the 24 second clock obviously in college but even in uh you know high school because i think it just teaches quick decisions and yeah. i you know i'll go to china i'll go to different places in europe and i'll be watching youth games boys and girls and they're playing with 24 second clock yeah, and we come right. back here. We got college coaches who are saying, "Oh no, we could never play with that." You know, like it's something that's like a disease or something. Give me your thoughts, having played it, and also having coached it. Yeah, look, I'm I'm a big component of it too, coach. I mean, I think you know, my daughter's only ten, but she's already going to start in a couple of years playing with a shot clock in 24 seconds, and uh, I just think that that's what where the the highest level of the game is played, and at a certain point. You know, which I think high school is definitely uh, the guys are capable of handling a 24 second uh, shot clock that we should start implementing that and getting the, the kids ready to and prepared to be playing the game, which is now the way it's being played, which is a lot quicker, a lot faster with a lot more quicker decisions. Uh, I just think it's it's a, it's a much better game as well. It keeps the, the game moving up and down quicker. Uh, I, I'm a huge fan of it. I'm not sure why they haven't changed that. Actually, it, it, it blows my mind to come back and see it a high school game without a shot clock. I'm like, you can just freeze the ball. This is crazy. Yeah. And, so. you, and you have it. Uh, and, the, and the reason the college coaches don't do it is that uh, all of them 
get an equal vote. So like Jay Wright, yeah. Roy Williams, Coach K, if they want it, it don't matter. It's all 351 schools get a vote in Division right. One, which is insane. Uh, you yeah. know, so we're not doing something that's... So what we have is guys that are trying to control things for themselves. What's good for me? Uh, yeah. and rather, what's good for the player? Uh, talk, talk about also eight seconds to get the ball across the timeline, the half-court line. Yeah, I mean, that that was a little bit of um, a, a change as well, I think. Yeah. And I think it... And I also liked... I also liked the change because, again, it gets you moving up the floor quicker. And, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a really big fan of playing quicker and in that modern style where, you know, guys are getting up the floor with a lot of reading and reacting. And, and if, if, if you walk the ball up, I find it – again, this is all according to choice and style and opinion, but I, I find that to be boring now these days, you know. And I understand that maybe end of the game is going to be a little bit more of that – to you know, pound the ball maybe a little bit more inside, especially in the European we we uh, basketball. We're, we're going to pound the ball inside at the end of the game or get stuff at the basket. But uh, that that slow walk up game I think is is really boring. So getting guys to get up the court quicker so we have quicker actions and quicker decisions. I'm a huge fan of it. I'm glad they did it in Europe. What about uh, you know the big thing when I ever bring this up? Jay Billis and uh, Fran Frischella are also in my advocate's corner on these rule changes, but uh, so far no one listens to us, but uh, <laughs> you know, and we don't have a horse in a fight. You know, it's not like we have a team yeah. that we're trying to, you know, that has great players that we're trying to win for. We're just trying yeah. to do what's better for the game. And yep. so here's, here's the, one of the big things The college coaches say, well, if we have eight seconds to get the ball across half court, everyone will press. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, the beauty of the NBA is that, they're the laboratory. All the changes that really should be happening, they're using. So you don't see teams pressing in the NBA with eight seconds to get the ball across. And in Europe, if I'm not mistaken, we see very few teams press except late in the game, correct? Right. No, that's correct. And, you know, they'll, they'll pick you up full court man to man. Sure. But, I mean, at that level, Coach, I mean, there's not a lot of guys that, can, you know, that, that can't handle getting the ball off the court, you know, one-on-one. So, uh, I don't think it's going to make a big difference. I mean, maybe because in college, the the culture is a lot more with presses and things like that. I know that's a big thing, changing defenses. Um, those kind of things might come into play. But I still think that, you know, at that level, guys should be able to get that ball off the floor. Eight seconds seems like a long time. Yes. One of the things that I wish that we would put in uh, both at the collegiate level and in uh, FIBA is that I wish we would give a six foul. Uh, yeah. And I know we take intentional fouls in FIBA play <laughs> uh, yeah. to slow down fast breaks. So I get that. But I, I just feel that uh, the big, my biggest concern on uh, FIBA basketball, frankly, is officiating. Okay. And, 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 and so this, I think, all of a sudden stops them from taking your best player out of the game on a road game, let's say, if you got a three fouls per half, let's say. for And I think the object in basketball I have always felt was that we should have players play as opposed to eliminating them from playing. Whereas, let's say, in U.S. football, uh, you know, an offensive lineman holds 12 times. He's not eliminated from the game. They're just penalized. And, right. And, you know, uh, you know and we're not talking about anything flagrant, you know, flagrant fouls are taken care of accordingly. I'm just talking right. about, a, you know, regular fouls. So I just wish at the, both levels they would they would go with a six foul to 
take more of the referee out of the game and mainly allow players to play, which is the intent of the game. And I yes. think, yeah, and I, I think it would be much better. And, I I'm completely yeah, agree, actually. I yeah. mean, think about it, Coach. I mean, first of all, the fans go to see the players. You know, we're not there right. to see the refs. I can tell you in, in FIBA, and, and again, like, this is not being a, the, the American guy being biased, but I do not think the referees so high level in FIBA Europe. And I mean, and so in order to help them out even, to give that extra foul is uh, it will help the teams also, you mentioned it yourself, which answers the question. How many times do you see guys getting intentional fouls just to stop breaks? And and so there, you know, you give them a little bit extra wiggle room to make that foul. And, 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 and okay, it's an intentional foul, but you don't want to get a, a, another intentional foul, get thrown out or something like that. So giving that extra foul would be huge. It keeps players on the court. Um, it gives referees a little bit of room to even mess up at times. Because I know in FIBA Europe, I can tell you, especially in the Belgian League, it's we don't have full-time professional refs. We got guys that are coming in on the weekends that, you know, either are going to be police officers or, or, you know, lawyers or guys who work in construction, even like any guy that, that loves the game is going to be, you know, working to try to be a ref. So we don't have professional refs like the NBA. Hey, this is an interesting uh, thing. Do you know what officials are paid per game over there in the pro leagues? Do you have any clue? yeah, well, I can tell you. I think for our league in yeah. Belgium, I think guys are paid three fifty uh-huh. uh, a game, three hundred and fifty uh, euros per game with a meal, and I think driving expenses. So it's as you like see, about it's very five amateur. about five hundred dollars, roughly. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you know, this these these guys are doing it as almost like a hobby, and I think that is also really hard because. My job is on the line all the time. It's very volatile in, in Europe. These guys have a short leash, so. I need to get it right as a coach with my players. And if I have a ref who's coming in with a very amateur attitude, like, yeah, I just do this as a hobby, that could really <laughs> hurt us. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could really hurt us. You know, M- NBA referees now, not the kids start now, because they really have, believe it or not, phenomenal re- M- referees in the NBA. They're incredible. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But one of the reasons they're incredible is they have an incre- uh, a phenomenal training program. Uh, yeah. And then uh, they pay unbelievably yes. well and so yeah. the best best officials in the nba you know they might make as much as seven hundred fifty thousand a year exactly and then of course you're going to have guys who aspire and and this is what they want to do for their their, their living life. yeah you know, and exactly that's all they do passion. yeah exactly so and, that makes a big difference and then the college officials that we have that do you know the villanova games and the sec acc games those guys can make up to thirty five hundred dollars per game that's yeah, a lot of money. That's yeah, and and then you're making it a lot more, you know, valuable to be the refs. And guys won't they won't be worried about see with Belgian refs. And I again, I'm only using Belgian. And also, you can even use some in the FIBA Europe. Like this is when I say it's a hobby. You know, the accountability is not so high. I mean, like the the, the amount of people trying to become a top ref over there is not so big. Whereas if you make it something like that, like you talked about, where they're paid well and you become a professional doing it, or you you make a good salary doing it, all of a sudden you're going to weed out all those guys that are doing it for just for a hobby. You know what I mean? Fast Model Sports is the world's most versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, Fast Draw. 
FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy to use interface that can be used on both your computer and your iPad, providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. Doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as FastScout, which I have used, which helps coaches create clean professional sky reports customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by every NBA team and WNBA team and 85% of Division I college teams and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills for their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Tell me, as as a coach, a young coach, and I'd love to call you young, uh, and I know you love to be here that you're young. That. Yes, uh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, when you're when you're going around with your ten year old, you don't feel so young some days. But when you're, uh, you know, when you, as a young coach, how do you learn when you're over in Europe? What are the opportunities for you to learn? Well, I mean, all the film work that we do uh, in watching our opponents uh, off of Synergy is huge. I, I see things where I'm like, wow, look, look at this. Um, obviously, the podcasts, you know, the long drives back and forth, listening to podcasts, listening to different coaches speak about their culture. We always hear that word from co- uh, coaches, the, the culture of their team and how they instill it. Um, always, always trying to feed off of that. Some, you know, occasionally some books and then uh, whenever I get a chance, I'll, there, sometimes we'll have some guest coaches or guys come over and do some clinics. And then I you know, try to get over to those because, uh, you know, some of those guys are really good over there. Even if they're uh, European guys, sure. and, and coach, coaches from Ser- Serbia, coaches from Spain are brought into, let's say, a clinic in Belgium. It's always great to see those guys like vision and the way they do things because it's going to definitely be different than what I was uh, brought up learning through the American system. When you go to a clinic in Europe, uh, if you've been to any, uh, give me the number. I want this is for my American listeners. Give me yeah. the if you went to a clinic, you know, like I did a clinic uh, years ago, years ago, uh, with the great late Jack Ramsey. Uh, a bunch of us were over in Greece uh, doing a tournament, and during I think it was the Euro Final Four, and you know there were fourteen hundred coaches at our clinics. I mean, yeah. it was just incredible. Uh, but talk about the numbers of people that attend a clinic that you've been to or seen. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've been to a few clinics around the Belgian area and, uh, and partly some in the French side, some in the uh, the Flemish side. And, I, you know, every single time the gym is packed. Now, depending on how big the gym is, sure. but I've seen, it, I've seen it up to, you know, 150 only and then all, all the way up to about 700, 750 guys around the gym really uh, in tune and learning. And I, I think that's one thing I really like about uh, in Europe right now is that there's a lot of sponges over there, coach. They're really eager to learn. Yeah. Like I, uh, I'm, I, I have to admit, even in Belgium, in our small country, I see so many coaches uh, getting out there and trying to to learn and 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 figure this game out better. And it's, it's really it's fun to watch. And then you get, you get a chance to talk with these guys and shoot and spit ideas. 
um, obviously being, you know, basketball junkies that we are, we love it. And it's really, it's really fun to see. So, um, now as you know, obviously you're coaching in that league and we don't want anyone in Belgium to think you're trying to get out of there, but, uh, what are your coaching aspirations? Well, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it, I really, uh, like the progress that I've been making. I, I actually, you know, when my, my wife's a tennis player and when she stopped playing tennis, mm-hmm. um, I, it kind of inspired me to get into coaching cause I, in tennis, it's an individual sport with a team around them. So, so my wife, when she played out on that court, uh, she was by herself. And like, the only thing I could do is give her a little fist pump or a head nod, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and right. she's really, she's really by herself. And I used to tell her, I said, that is brutal. Like, yeah. I know when I'm having a bad shooting day, I can get some assists and help my teammates that way, or get some, do some defensive stuff to try and help my team. But when her shots are not falling, she's got to rely on herself. And I always found that to be amazing. So people at that level or athletes at that level at the top of the game of tennis, they're so professional coach. Yeah. And so they're so detailed that I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can try to bring this kind of mentality into the basketball game, you know, into the basketball world with 12 guys. And it's much harder, obviously when you deal with one one athlete as opposed to 12, but I wanted to try that. And I started at a very low level in, in Belgium in third division. And I went to second, then went to an assistant in the first, then to a head coach and, now I have the opportunity to coach one of the bigger teams in Belgium. It's gone so fast that I, I told my wife that I actually have no idea what I want to do next. I just want to, <laughs> I want to try to do well here and wherever that, that takes me, uh, it takes me. But I mean, obviously if I had a, an opportunity to come back and, and work in some sort of player development in the NBA, that would be an incredible opportunity. I think, I mean, obviously I dreamed of playing there, uh, didn't make it as a player, but maybe one day as a coach, it could be something that happens. No, so. that, that's that's fabulous, and uh, I really want to keep in touch with you, Brian, during the season, and uh, I want to really know about your progress and stuff like that. But uh, most importantly, I, I think uh, it's it's such a great opportunity that you have, and I think what you've done uh, with your career, I think the stepping stones have been great. And there's oh, this, one of our guys that we had recently in one of our events uh and i think it was it might have been brad stevens and uh he said he used this term and i'm going to say it to you if you really want to be successful you can't skip steps right. and you haven't skipped steps you've gone every step of the way you've and you and that's why you know because if you skip them and you go from zero to eight all of a sudden, you're not experienced at what you should have learned in between, right? And so, Absolutely. you know, I think I think it's really, you know, you're paying your dues, so to speak. I hate that term, but you are, because uh, <laughs> uh, it's my, my my father used to always tell me. He said, "You got to go dig ditches first. Well, he's, and, uh, you know, it's a good Irish saying. That's why I like the pops already, <laughs> you know. And yeah, and, and so he's right, and uh, you know, and that's it. But it's in the long run. I think Brian, it's really going to pay off, and 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 you know what? I always believe that uh, you know, you know, in your case, you know, it, you, your water will find its level, and the biggest thing going forward for yourself is just maintain this incredible passion that you have to coach, and uh, the thing that I think all the great coaches have taught me over the years: the purpose of coaching is to take players where they can't take themselves. And your wife God, didn't need saying. that. Great your saying. wife didn't need that because she was no. she was her own. She had a coach, I know, you know, a <laughs> swing coach and all that crap. And but she, in essence, was her own head coach, as you mentioned. Uh, but you, I don't care if you're coaching Michael Jordan or LeBron James. Every one of those guys needs a coach, 
And so whether it's a kid in Belgium, an American kid coming over to play for you, they need you to take them where they can't take themselves. And it's such a strong, purposeful job. And I, and, and it, I, I love your, I love your mentality. Oh, thanks coach. And I listen, I appreciate you having me on. Like I said, it's a, it's kind of a, a real honor to be talking to you after I've been listening to so many of the podcasts. Well, uh, now, now as we as we produce them each week, now I'm going to now say I got to keep Brian in mind. I got to make this shit good for him, so he's he's really <laughs> jacked up on it. So, because and and maybe I'll extend some of them so they go longer since you have a long drive. But uh, <laughs> perfect, perfect, sounds good to me, man. I appreciate that. Hey, if uh, any of our listeners want to follow you on Twitter, uh, give them your Twitter handle if you'd be kind enough. Yeah, it's uh, B Lynch uh, eight, and uh, at uh, and and also uh, I, I've actually that's that's all I do is Twitter. I don't do any any of the other social media. Okay, uh, keep it real simple. And uh, and if they want to follow me, our team is called Spiro Charlois in uh, in Belgium. So uh, now you better spell that because I got I got some guys from <laughs> I got some guys from Louisiana and I got some from Jersey on there. Now the Louisiana guys will do better because they they think it is a French name. But uh, spell that for us. No problem. I promise. Uh, C-H-A-R-L-E-R-O-I. So okay. the O-I is the wa part. Okay. Um, Charlois. Okay. That's fabulous. I appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Safe travels back. And look thank forward you. to keeping in touch with you during the year, Brian. Thanks, thanks Sounds again. Sounds good, Coach. Thank you. Hey, that was terrific. And I love, love learning about Everything that's going on in the basketball world, we have a huge world. And Brian Lynch, uh, that was fantastic. Loved that. And again, uh, can't wait to continue our relationship and learning more about the world of basketball. We only are a small part of it here in the U.S. And we have so much more to learn. But I think you're going to find that uh, all the people that we have coming on in future weeks are going to be people that can really help teach. So, uh, again, Brian Lynch, thank you so much. Again, uh, our coaching you videos for 2018 are out. We're just last time for special pricing, $249. You must order this offer. It's going to expire very, very soon. So go to coach2018.coachingyou.tv. Let me get that right. 2018 dot coaching you dot tv 249 dollars 15 speakers you'll love it till next week this is the coach brendan sir 